designed to take things to the next level, exploring the edge of human consciousness and possibility on planet Earth, as we begin our 21st year with founder and journalist Nicole Marie Whitney at the helm. What's really real and what's really possible? That is what we want to know. If you're ready to find out together, get ready for life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. Platinum Edition, here is News for the Soul. Next on News for the Soul, it's time for Breaking Through with Grace Gideon. Grace is a passionate and dedicated international life coach with a bachelor's in law, a master's in East-West psychology, and an expert in addictions. Grace combines these skills in her practice to clinically and intuitively diagnose and break through subconscious issues that prevent you from achieving success and fulfillment. She has a unique capacity to tune in to repress psychological and emotional blocks and to teach effective techniques to transform your life in a deep and long-lasting way. And now to help you make your next breakthrough, here's Grace. Hey Grace, welcome back. Hello, Nicole. Happy 2018 to you. And you. We made it on the other side. <laughs> We're on the other side. I hope it's a fabulous new year for us all. I think 2017 was um, was a difficult year for many people. And here we are looking for some new opportunities and some new beginnings and some fresh energy. So, um Hi everyone, welcome back to Breaking Through with Grace. I've got a great first show for you all today. I hope you've had a lovely holiday. I certainly have, relaxing on the beach in the south coast of New South Wales. I hope you've all had lovely holidays and looking forward to embracing the gifts and lessons that 2018 has to offer all of us. So Nicole, I'm particularly excited um, today to have on the show a very special guest author and subtle activist, Dr. David Nichol. I'll just check. David, are you with us? Oh, let me just activate his line for you. There we go. Hi, Grace. Hi, Nicole. Can you hear me? Welcome. Yes. Thank you, David. Thank you. I can hear you great. So um, if you hold on, I'll bring you on to the show in a few minutes. Thanks, David. I really look forward to bringing David on um, after I just do a little introduction uh, because his work is the field of subtle activism for planetary transformation. And that's a topic that I feel is immensely important in these times of global uncertainty and somewhat disharmony. But let's first recap. On my last show... I don't know if um, you're all tuned in, but I was speaking to people about how to set soulful resolutions for the new year. Soulful resolutions being those that are wholesome and pure in intention and support your greater good and by being so are thereby supported by the universe. And I hope a lot of you did uh, listen to the to the show on setting soulful resolutions and if you haven't just go on the news for the soul website or my website and have a listen to that podcast it's not too late to take advantage of the new energy for 2018 set your intentions we've got another um, 
super moon, uh, a blue moon actually coming up at the end of this month, once in a blue moon. So make your wish for a miracle upon that moon. Set your resolutions, set your intentions. Make sure that um, they have uh, goodness at their core and... uh, and ask for the universe. In fact, you don't even have to ask for the universe to support you because if they have goodness at their core, the universe will, I believe, automatically get behind that intention. Um, It's just a question of when they will manifest, but not if they manifest, if they're truly for your greatest good. So today I want to go a step beyond resolutions for self and intentions for self. I want to take a leap from my world of personal transformation to the world of global transformation, which um, uh, David Nichol has been very uh, immersed in for at least the last decade, if not more. And I want to ask you, what if your soulful resolutions and intentions weren't just focused on personal psycho-spiritual evolution, but they also extended their reach for the benefit of the planet as a whole. How would you feel about developing your consciousness in such a way as to become an advocate for social and planetary transformation And what would you say to the opportunity to do this, not through demonstrations and politics, but instead through practices such as collective prayer, synchronized group meditations, personal transformation work within the group field that affects not only your growth, but the growth of the planet as a whole. Personal transformation within the group field. Just remember that statement because I'm going to be talking to David about that a bit more and his work on personal transformation within the group field that that benefits the individual and the group as a whole. And creating profound community. So using subtle forms of spiritual practice to cause change on a global level. Does this appeal to you? Well, if it does, then you might be interested in being a subtle activist or at least in knowing more about the field of subtle activism. So, what is subtle activism? I think most of us have heard of what activism is. Maybe some of us have heard terms like spiritual activism, sacred activism. Uh, Subtle activism is is something that I'm going to be speaking to David about and seeing if it is the same thing as sacred and spiritual activism. Um, But from what I understand, subtle activism has grown out of a movement known as the consciousness movement and it's a term that describes the use of consciousness-based practices such as meditation, prayer or ritual for collective healing and transformation. So it's different to the usual focus of using spiritual practice for personal development. 
Now, by no means is it an alternative to you doing personal growth work and working on your interpersonal relationships and intrapersonal relationships, but instead it's an expansion of this. Subtle activism acts as a bridge between the consciousness movement and the movements for peace, sustainability and social justice that are active and prolific in the world today. And with the increasing sophistication of the internet and social networking, thousands, in fact hundreds and thousands, if not millions of people worldwide can now engage simultaneously in collective meditation and synchronized prayer for global healing. Subtle activists and scientific research backing what they say suggests that by doing this, we're creating a powerful field of consciousness that's impacting not only everyone in the field, but extending beyond to nearby communities through non-local field effects. And David will tell us more about this. Subtle activism truly offers a tremendous adjunct to existing forms of activism for all your activists out there who are practicing other forms of activism and are into social justice. Subtle activism offers a tremendous adjunct to you by harnessing the power of group consciousness through the creation of a group field. So let me explain a bit more about this idea of the group field. The group field, according to um, David and his colleagues, is the invisible, non-material, collective presence that links people together in a coherent whole. It's like when people engage in group meditation, they often report feeling supported by the collective presence of the group. That presence can be thought of as a field, yeah, like a force field. The field links members of the group non-locally. You do not have to be together for the field to link you. I think maybe the principle of entrainment may be involved. Another thing to, for, for David to tell us about. As this field links people non-locally, it enables each group member to affect each other across space and time without being in physical contact. So it's just phenomenal 20, 21st century stuff where we're now really using the power of consciousness to transform. Marianne Williamson said that in the 20th century, uh, power came from material wealth. But in the 21st century, power will come from the wealth of consciousness. And he who wields the power of consciousness will wield the greatest power of all. Subtle activists are uniting across the planet to create fields of intelligence, fields of consciousness, power of intention, like telepathic communication to create ripples of change in amongst each other, link each other energetically and thereby cause 
a subtle energetic revolution a bit like the the um the arab spring where um there was a change in the middle east via social networking um and it kind of started via the internet this the, the that that revolution we're now having a revolution that we're seeking to create through our minds through our consciousness not purely through that but as an adjunct to everything else we're doing um in the material physical plane so very 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 exciting 21st century leading edge um stuff that's born of spiritual practices that that go back to 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 the vedas that go that go, that, that are ancient spiritual practices using um technology using new age thinking and consciousness to create um a psycho spiritual evolution revolution for humanity so if you're called to take your own growth to the next level by acknowledging this dimension of service that you can engage in to enrich your life personally and globally and enrich the planet as a whole you're going to be very interested in what my guest has to say today dr david nickel is the author of subtle activism the inner dimension of social and planetary transformation he's the director and co-founder of the gaiafil project a non-profit organization dedicating dedicated to advancing the study and practice of subtle activism he teaches on subtle activism group builds and collective healing through the shift network and the institute of subtle activism david is passionate about supporting the shift to a global culture of joy wisdom and peace his work is particularly focused on the power of coherent group consciousness to facilitate profound healing for both individuals and the wider world and if you want to ask David a question please call in on +1646595427 and we will try and answer your question but right now please join me in welcoming Dr. David Nickel Thank you Grace for the great uh, welcome and introduction it's a, a joy to be here with you it's uh, thank you so much Thank you David for making time to uh let our listeners know about the great work that you're doing. So David so um you talk about subtle activism and as I mentioned in the introduction before is is there a difference between subtle activism, sacred activism, spiritual activism um yeah. or is it just different kind of little groups of people calling it um different things there's a lot of overlap of course in those terms and we're all playing in the same field of trying to bring together <clears throat> the wisdom of spirituality with the need to you know take action in our world um to address social injustice and uh, the environmental issues we face and so on and so forth but uh specifically subtle activism as as you did mention <clears throat> in the introduction we're focusing on the potential of 
the practices themselves to be a subtle form of action. Um, and so by this I, I mean <clears throat> the potential, especially these days with the power of the Internet to link so many people, the potential of collective meditation, collective prayer, when you can unite very large numbers of people together <clears throat> and create very um, powerful collective fields, as we were talking about, uh, the potential of that, of that as a form of action that has an impact in and of its in its own right, um, and not as something that is a replacement for the other forms of action, the more physical forms of action and co concrete action that we need to take, but nonetheless <clears throat> a form of action that has a lot of potential that hasn't fully um, been tapped yet and one that we can bring forward that could be a very crucial piece in a more holistic approach to social change. Uh, so um, okay. sometimes, yeah. So, yeah, so what do you, when you talk about subtle, is that what you're talking about, that it's this, this version <coughs> of action? Yes, well, there's two kind of different meanings of subtle in this context. Uh, one is when we think about the kinds of actions that we can take to bring change in the world. One useful way, I find, to, to think about that is you can think of it as on a scale from more overt, obvious actions down to more subtle actions. So at, at the more mm -hmm. overt end of the scale, for example, you think of the more usual things we associate with activism, like uh, walking in a demonstration or chaining yourself in front of a bulldozer, you know, very uh, obvious, direct kind of forms of action. Um, but we all know that there are other ways to influence things in our world beyond those sorts of actions. So, for example, um, if you think about very influential socially conscious films or, or works of literature which uh, change many people's mindset about a particular issue um, they're not directly influencing a, a politician or decision maker but they're changing the context the intellectual cultural context in which those decisions end up being made so that to me is a more subtle so form would you of action say then that so would you say then that people who do particular forms of writing or art or um, music that helps change consciousness are, or documentaries or films that help change consciousness are all engaging in a form of subtle activism? Um, well, I would consider all of that to be uh, subtler forms of activism than, say, your frontline demonstrators and so on. So in that sense, yes. How I'm, uh -huh. uh, what I'm focusing on when I use the term subtle activism is what I consider to be an even subtler form of action, which is consciousness right. itself, which is these practices mm -hmm. like you were mentioning. Um, so that's the area I'm focusing on because they've usually been overlooked or marginalized in terms of thinking about their their effectiveness but um but all of those other forms um the creative writing and and art and so on in a socially conscious way you know is a subtler form of activism on a spectrum of activism that makes a lot right. of sense you know um the vatican and um other 
religions and traditions of the world um, engage in a lot of uh, collective prayer, don't they? And they pray for countries and they pray for world peace. Uh, is that is that part of what we're talking about too? Yes, um, absolutely. And and this Pope in particular, I think, more than any other that I've followed before, um, to me, I've I've heard him call for World Days of Prayer in relation to specific issues, which to me is exactly subtle activism. It is about um, harnessing the power of collective prayer. Um, for a particular purpose of bringing change in our world. So, yes, I would consider that a form of subtle activism. And is this, is is the subtle activism movement and the Gaiaful project that you and others on the Gaiaful Council have uh, uh, developed, is that seeking to bring... Um, the meditation and prayer kind of um, as not not just is it seeking to just keep it in the new age in environment or is it seeking to make it mainstream so that uh, people understand the power of consciousness mm-hmm. to, as an influencer yeah um, so I have a couple of different answers to that question. Um, uh, firstly, I'll just say that um, well, when I'm talking about subtle activism, just to be clear for everyone listening, I'm not talking about um, any particular practice, any particular religion, any particular tradition. It's a broad term that means um, mm-hmm. any any practice from any tradition where we're working in the realm of consciousness um, and mm-hmm. deliberately framed in that way because we're in an era when we need to be um, you're going beyond these divisions that we've had in terms of religions and cultures and so on and developing a more planetary spirituality where we can blend these things together in the common purpose of serving the healing of the earth. Um, <clears throat> so... Mm-hmm. There is that sense of wanting to make this um, broad and therefore you know, more impactful of the mainstream, can accommodate many different um, approaches and styles and so on. Um, and But I will just say this, is that there's a power in this work to, um, uh, in terms of coherence and resonance. So sometimes um, smaller groups that are very deeply aligned and very deeply coherent can have um, a greater impact in terms of the quality and depth that they're bringing to their work than you know a, a massive group that's not very coherent. So that's just an interesting principle that plays out in this sort of work. And we're what not trying to. What do you mean con- by coherent? So by coherence, I mean. Um, like I think you, we all have the experience of being in certain groups where there may be mm-hmm. um, a certain amount of conflict, a certain amount of tension, um, mm-hmm. and n- not not a sense of deep alignment, being on the same page. Um, and mm-hmm. um, in contrast, I think most people will have had the experience of some groups where there's a certain kind of magic where things click together 
and we all mm-hmm. feel like um, there's something uniting all of us and there's a certain quality in the field that tends to feel uh, smooth and harmonious and, and rich and deep. Um, that, that's, that's in the realm of, a, you know, that's what I would call a more coherent group that's uh, mm-hmm. united in, um, and, and in a depth, um, smooth kind of quality together. Um, so that's, that's an important principle in our work because the power of a coherent field in terms of influencing consciousness in the world, it's magnified many times greater when there is a strong coherence in the group field, um, and it mm-hmm. can tend to um, ripple out in the the relatively incoherent sort of thought forms that are floating around in the collective can can um, uh, be affected more deeply by you know a strongly coherent group. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Mm. Okay. Um so how did you actually enter this field and who were the key players in this field? Mhm. Yeah, well, it's been, you know, a long um organic journey to come into this work. Um just some brief sort of um highlights. Um you know, I, as as you know, uh, from a uh, time in Australia, I was originally in the field of law, um, and I was very, I mean, I got on the spiritual path quite young and experienced firsthand the uh, the profundity and the and the um, healing power of those practices, uh, consciousness-based practices, for my own healing and awakening and growth. Um, but I was also interested in, um, very interested in the realm of um, history and the the sense that we're this great epic story of the evolution of life on the planet, that the, the meaningfulness of that, mm-hmm. and this and wanting to play some role in um, uh, this moment on the planet with all of its great challenges and the transition we seem to be in. So these sort of dual um, passions of mine, to the power, the transformative power of spirituality, and the meaningfulness of uh, being engaged at a social political level, eventually came together. And I was trying to find a way: how could you tap? How could you harness the healing wisdom of the consciousness world with um, what's needed on the planet today? How could we build a bridge between those worlds? And um, mm-hmm. in time, this is what has emerged for me as a, subtle activism as a way of engaging these practices together that are directed to the social political realm. Um, and you mentioned mm-hmm. Marian Williamson, and she was a key figure in my evolution in this way, a, a spiritual leader who uh, very passionately engaged politically and um, you know, wrote and spoke uh, very eloquently about how we can bring those realms together. Um, and so, you know, she was an influence, and um, there's a number of mystics, uh, David Spengler, um, Luan Vaughan Lee, a Sufi mystic, has written beautifully about this sort of thing. Um, so, you know, a handful here and there, and and then a lot of it has been my own discovery as well. Okay, terrific. So can you describe, like, how, like... 
how meditation and prayer actually affects change um, in modern society and whether there's any studies being done of yeah. of the effect of it. Yeah. So, um, and again, just to be to give a context for uh, whoever's listening, you know, this is not just some random idea that I had. Like this, this I looked at this in depth um, as part of my PhD work, and and that whole project was about trying to understand is you know um, is this a real idea that our consciousness work can actually affect change um, in society and. Um, and you know, I'll just say th- this is not a, a new practice or a new idea. It's an ancient, it's an ancient approach uh, that many um, shamanic societies, for example, indigenous cultures, they all used these rituals and ceremonies for collective healing. Um, you know, many, many different mystical traditions have uh, embraced this idea. So. It's not a new idea, um, but it you know in in modern times, in terms of putting it in a language that makes sense to modern thinkers, um, it's in in science. There's an increasing interest in consciousness and the nature of consciousness um, and the mystery of consciousness, and partly this idea rests on the idea that um, we're not, in fact. Uh, ultimately separate from each other, that we are actually all embedded in these deeper fields of consciousness that connect all of us. Um, and, you know, for example, Carl Jung's, uh, the psychologist, the notion of the collective unconscious, this layer of our consciousness that we all share, um, and these archetypes and, and, and images and so on that arise that are shared by us, not just um, and not just uh, our personal unconscious. Um, and so, how um, does that link with what you're saying? How does the collective unconscious play into this? Well, into it's, this, like, um, it's like the collective unconscious is one way of thinking about the this deeper. Um, layers of consciousness that link us with each other, that we're not ultimately just separate, fully separate units, but especially Mm -hmm. in our consciousness, uh, we are uh, connected as part of a greater whole. And the collective unconscious Mm -hmm. is one way of describing that. But because we're connected in that way, it's like we're always being influenced at a deep level by the field, but what we're learning in subtle activism is that we can also consciously influence the field ourselves through intentionally engaging in these practices. Uh, and that especially mm-hmm. when we get to a deeper level of our consciousness, then we reach these more universal levels that we all share. So, you know, people mm-hmm. around the world f- find that, you know, when you go deep enough, um, our, at our depth, we all tend to share, for example, um, you know, experiences of our essence as essentially uh, peaceful or essentially uh, filled with love or essentially um, more truthful and honest. Um, and so um, people everywhere tend to resonate with those qualities. So when we're feeding those qualities, 
uh, through our practices into the collective, people can start to, everywhere can start to resonate more with them because, you know, they're part of the universal field that we all share. So that's part of... Sounds like it's, um, it sounds like you're mining for gold. <laughs> yeah. Do you know absolutely. what I mean by that? It's kind of like under the surface of the, you know, only only miners know what richness there is under the ground. We're all working on this ground and we're ignorant of what's under it, but then people with certain technologies and skills will go and mine and find gold or find oil, you know, I think and it's find a very good wealth. Me- I think it's a very good metaphor because what we're talking about here is very much about opening up the depth dimension in relation to what's happening in the world. And normally that's not done. We normally, our conversation about the social, political goings-on in the world is normally conducted at the surface level, what we see and what what appears to be so on the surface. And it feels like part Mm -hmm. of what we're doing is introducing a depth dimension and perspective when a when a group of people come together and contemplate something that's happening in the world but open up to our deeper layers of awareness and wisdom then we Mm. you know we are mining for gold we're mining for um you know what's more deeply true in that situation than just the normal um sounds sounds like you're you're kind of Use your when you're going into the field of consciousness, it sounds like you're both going deeper and you're both going higher. It sounds like you're accessing multi-dimensional levels of awareness or non-awareness of the unconscious of the collective unconscious to bring that into awareness to influence change. Because I think what you're doing is that saying by Einstein we can't change the problems of the world with the level of thinking we were at when we created them so I guess what you're saying is for many activists if they're using their brilliant ego mind they can only go so far whereas when you give them a depth of wealth a breadth of wealth and and a height of consciousness that they haven't you're, you're giving them so many more tools in order to influence um, change. And I think that's, th- that's where many people, you know, have, are using brute force such as, you know, um, chaining themselves to walls and, and, and right. screaming and yelling and fighting and rioting because yeah. there's only so far the ego mind can go there's a you know it's like the ego keeps building weapons because it doesn't know about the the weapons of consciousness and yeah. i think what you're saying is there's so much weapon non-damaging weaponry in the field of consciousness um again another metaphor is even going beyond mining for gold and mining for oil it's like using solar energy um, going even another level to purer and purer forms of influence. So it sounds like, you know, obviously activism is about influence, but it sounds like you have studied and and put a lot of effort and and group work, and you have a council uh, of of 
many, many intelligent, influential people who have put all of their intelligence behind um, helping people know that there is power in consciousness and that power can be used in the group field, in the group mechanism to create a group field to influence and and I know political activists out there I know uh, filmmakers out there I know artists out there um, who are struggling so hard for change in the world musicians out there who are struggling so hard um, for change of the world that wouldn't even think um, to access um, this power but I guess the more we make it available. Now, do you have any um, specific study or research you can tell us about? About like, you know, somebody, you know, this yeah. this town prayed for that town, and this happened, and that happened. And do you have yeah. any of those? I love those stories. Do you have one <laughs> of those? I, I can tell you some <laughs> stories. There's there's certainly studies. Um, uh, chapter three in my book is all about the scientific empirical research that has been done about this um and just mm -hmm. briefly the there's been a whole series of studies of uh, over 50 of them by the transcendental meditation organization um where they look mm -hmm. at what happens when you get a large group of people engaged in consistent meditation in a certain place and then they they look at the the effect of that on statistics like crime rates and um auto accident rates and other indicators of social harmony and they find uh mm. it's really quite compelling evidence they see these consistent improvements in those statistics uh all over the world in all different circumstances uh so um mm. and, and you know that's that's quite compelling but I'll tell a personal story of a project we did in uh, this area known as the Salish Sea, which is off the coast of um, um, Washington State in uh, the western coast of the uh, USA. And uh, this is an area that is, um, it's, it's known for, it's, you would say its totem animal is the killer whale, the orca. Uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful sort of um, marine ecosystem there and some activists asked us to do a, a project uh, to do these subtle activism practices there uh, to defend that ecosystem because coming under threats from um, coal mining and this sort of thing. And so um, uh, what happened was that uh, people there had been concerned about the killer whale population there because there had been no sightings of baby orcas being born in the like, like four previous years uh, and so that was a cause of concern and uh so it it, it so happened um we did our subtle activism work which was very much about deeply entering in to the um to to that marine ecosystem in our meditations and prayers and inviting in um blessings and energies to come in there and um, it so happens that in the uh, two years since we did that, that there have been nine baby orcas who have been born at that area, and it's oh my God. papers and um, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's the kind of thing where I always, um, you know, there's a certain humility in terms of you never know 
100% what are the you know causal connections between our subtle work and these results but that's an example of one where the outcome was so aligned with the intention we brought in that it you know was striking oh that's brilliant and there's more scientific research in chapter 3 of your book um a subtle activism for planet um yeah subtle activism yes yes yeah. Yeah, it's yes. a, I mean, there's a lot and, of, there's 150 years of, you know, scientific research on, um, um, what, you know, um, telepathy and psychic phenomena, which is, you know, th- this has been deeply studied, this kind of idea that we can influence people across uh, space and time. It's a controversial area, but uh, there's a lot of research that people who track that sort of thing will know has you know showed empirically um many occasions many you know in, in very rigorous ways that this sort of effect happens all the time so um it's it's definitely um you know been well researched yeah that's amazing look many people um resist what they can't see because if it's unknown and unmeasurable yeah. they resist it but i think the more you do this work and the more um, it's, it becomes the norm, then the less there will be resistance. So it's really important that the movement continue, uh, that, you know, that people understand that, that the subconscious and the unconscious have um, so much power in them uh, that just using only what's in your conscious mind is, yeah. is a you know, insignificant compared to the power you can access if you learn how to work with the unconscious, and in particular, the collective unconscious, the universal mind, um, and the archetypes, etc. The dream. There's, there's just, it's so rich. It's kind of like you can stand on the beach and look at the waves on the ocean, which is amazing. But a deep sea diver will see so much more than you. And just because all you can see is the the white sand and the and the blue waves and um, the blue ocean and the waves doesn't mean that there there aren't you know sharks and marlin and 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 um, you know octop- octopi <laughs> and a, a million varieties of creatures under the surface. So do not negate the power of the unseen, right? So exactly. I'm just really interested in your work with groups and. Um, um, you know, we've, we've mentioned your book, but you also run courses and you've got... I, I want to hear about, like, if people want to get involved in, in like, big global internet meditations and, and these yeah. synchronized world events that, yeah. that you're part of, how they can get into that. I also want to know about... You talk about the group feel being able to help people with personal issues such as yeah. I mean do you help people with issues like money sex relationships or is it just yeah. mainly world peace and personal peace tell me about all of that yeah no, thank you for asking that um, so you know what has emerged in my work uh, in, and, and this has been a more recent development in the last three or four years is that in my quest to understand how can we most effectively um, support change 
in the collective how do we, how can we heal ourselves at a collective level um that has brought me to working with uh the power of groups the power of group consciousness and there's been a particular method that has uh, come through in my work about um uh how to really harness a group uh even you know via teleconference or on the internet that sort of thing to uh feel ourselves very deeply united as one uh profoundly coherent group field and that what what I've discovered is that um this is both an extremely potent way to um direct healing into the collective but it's also extremely potent to be applying for our own personal healing because there's something very significant happening in the evolution of consciousness on the planet right now which is this uh discovery that many many groups are making around the planet about the next level capacities that come through a coherent aligned group that the we is greater than the me the we is smarter than the me the we is more spiritually evolved than the me um and this is a very interesting experiment that are taking place to bring forward that coherent group consciousness and so in my work um more recently have been uh discovering that when we apply the group presence to our own healing and going back and looking at our own issues around love and intimacy and relationships or money or whatever it is that there are these um the the like the group spiritual intelligence can be applied in very powerful ways to bring healing to those issues in ourselves um and and so my work now the the um groups that I'm starting to offer now are really at this intersection of using the group field to both heal ourselves at a very deep level and to radiate out our healing into the world and so we're we it's a very satisfying um approach where we're getting you know next level personal healing and at the same time participating in something very meaningful in terms of responding to our moment um our collective moment uh in the context of a of a inspired aligned um you know global community yeah well i think that's that's fantastic that you're doing that work because my work has been focusing on how to change the individual mm-hmm. and i do that in a group context but the groups that i use are focused on changing the individual and influencing that group in a localized way no one else benefits other than the people that we relate to and i guess that's a ripple effect but that's not um that the broader intention and i think what you and then then i and then i go to other people who do spiritual practices and they tend to focus on that without focusing on the personal yeah work do you see right. what i mean so and sometimes there's a big debate between you know the psychological and the and the spiritual worlds because they the spiritual world thinks that the psychological people who do too much you know analysis and psychology in an endless woody allen self indulgent <laughs> right. film or something just 
and then we think that people who do all the spiritual work are bypassers, you know, right. who have got, um, you know, got kind of all these wonderful intentions, but they're not looking at their own issues. And obviously, you know, it's just a, it's just a simplistic way of saying that what you're describing is a great way and a great opportunity for people to both look at their own um, intrapersonal issues and then extend and do service for the greater good so they're not self-indulgent and also not to just be doing service for the planet and abandoning and neglecting themselves and coming home and feeling lonely and depressed and overeating. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like issues of the microcosm and the macrocosm are both being attended to. And I think, um, I just wonder how you deal with, um, like in America right now with your current political situation and terrorism, what does the subtle activism movement think about the the political situation in America and the the, the, the terrorism? What, what, how do you do you do you look at specific things like that? Yeah, well, the last three election cycles, we've done a Wise USA campaign where we engaged thousands of people across the country and also some around the world in these practices that are intended to support wisdom and joy and compassion, other qualities like that flowing through into the field so that it can ideally elevate the consciousness in the country. Um, And obviously this last election was a shock for many and continues to be a source of anxiety for many. But, you know, I feel called... I think you needed a couple of million for the last election. <laughs> I know. We we were maybe fighting upstream. I don't know. But I think... Um, I think a couple of thousand would have made a dent. <laughs> uh, I, I feel called more than ever, though, to be... You know, it's like these are the times. One of the silver linings of this strange moment that we're in is that with all of the um, traditional systems being... Uh, you, you know, everything seems so up for grabs and so unstable that there's a greater openness and possibility for new creative ideas of all kinds to come in. And so I think it's a very right moment to be uh, helping to shape what is coming into the collective mind and collective heart. Um, and that's why this sort of method, it's it's actually made for these times of transition and it's like what we do is and it's and it goes beyond political sides or opinions because really what we're doing is creating a field together where we're all accessing the deeper source uh the creative source in that place it's a unity consciousness place we get to realize experience directly our deeper unity and the kinds of um visions and ideas and actions that arise from that field they're coming from the source itself so we're responding creatively rather than reacting out of anxiety which is i think what so many of us you know tend to get caught up with if we're just you know Mm. looking at the news and getting overwhelmed with all of that build the field and they will come right david (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're doing it's our work indeed So tell us about your event. If we want to be part of this 
field. Yeah. You've got a free virtual event on Saturday the 17th of February and you've got a Sacred Destiny course. Can you tell us how we might get involved in those? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, and no, I'm very excited. There's another whole level coming in, I feel like, to this work. And, you know, I think all of us, we're being called to reach for the next level with uh, the evolutionary challenge that we're in with our moment. And for me, it's offering this next uh, course. Um, so we're doing a free event on February 17 called um, Sacred Destiny, um, a revolutionary method for serving our collective liberation through your personal healing. And we'll touch on the themes that we've been talking about um, here today, but we'll also be going into an actual practice uh, where we'll be using the group field to uh, explore a deep level of personal healing that will also radiate out into the collective. Um, and then those who want to go deeper, we do have this eight-week course that's starting in March um, where we'll be um, uh, both building this coherent group field, engaging in really next-level personal healing uh, in relation to many practical areas of our lives, money, sexuality, relationships, and so on. Um, <clears throat> we'll also be listening to wisdom teachings from a number of awesome consciousness leaders here, including um, Patricia Albert on evolutionary relationships and Terry Patton on evolutionary activism and Samuel Bonder on conscious sexuality and um, a bunch of other you know, wonderful teachers that we have lined up. Rick Tarnas is going to be talking about um, um, this moment as fabulous. initiation point for the for the species, and um, so um, and we'll be building that's our collective fabulous. And that's an online course, so that, that is anyone can access. Yes, anyone around the world can participate. Uh, we'll be uh, have uh, live conference calls and, and they'll also be sent the recordings so people can uh, listen at any time. Oh, terrific. And, and David, uh, what's, um, what's the website they go to to register for your free event on February the 17th or the Sacred Destiny course? Yes, it's, it's um, GaiaField.net, G-A-I-A, Field.net. And if you go to the homepage there, you'll see the... Um, you'll see it right there where you can sign up for that free event and then uh, that would be the place to start and then um, we'll, we'll send materials out about the course after that but um, uh, that GaiaField.net is the place to start and also just to get on our mailing list if you want to know about the other uh, events that we have coming up. Great, great. What's the largest um, meditation that you're doing or working on right now like have you, are you working on anything with your council or with the people you've been involved with or David Spangler or Sean Kelly or anyone else um, I am working with a large coalition of visionary organizations actually to do uh, an event that's actually coming up on February 3rd which is uh, there's a, a large festival taking place in Ethiopia um, bringing mm -hmm. many different uh, groups together from around the world and we're going to be doing a global meditation to activate uh, and support the ritual that's going to take place there in Ethiopia it's part of the whole vision oh, that's to um, fabulous yeah. oh very good 
Is that information on your website too? Um, it will be in a few days. We're actually still preparing the material. Okay. But, but, uh, yes. Oh, terrific. Oh, thank you so much, David. Look, we've only got a minute or two left on the show, so um, I'm going to ask you if you have a homework assignment you can give people to do before I wrap up. Yes. Uh, so what I would suggest uh, as a, something that you could do and, uh, practically and simply to um, you know, work with these ideas is um, just to take, if you have a meditation practice um, or something like that, um, to invite you to consider, to contemplate what is your truest, most sincere prayer for the healing of our earth. What do you really, truly want to see happen in our earth? So taking your intentions and prayers beyond just your own personal desires and bringing in that larger perspective. And then I invite you to hold that prayer for the next seven days, like each day in your meditation practice to hold that prayer. And while you're doing it, contemplate that everyone who's listening to this call will also be holding their prayers, their deepest prayers, and just sense the field of that, the power of that. And then I invite you... Um, you can post your prayers and your experience um, you know, to Grace's Facebook page. Um, and you know, we can see each other's prayers and you know, just sense that, um, that greater field and that greater community of people engaging in that practice together. Oh, terrific. And we will write that assignment up and post that assignment for you together with the podcast for you to listen in. Thank you so much, David. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Nicole. Um, we've come to the end of the show. And next show, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully, unless her schedule changes, we will have Marianne Williamson for you. So tune in in two weeks on Monday, 29th of January, to listen to Marianne Williamson. Thank you, Dr. David Nicholl, and um, have a Thank fantastic you, couple of weeks, everyone, and we'll see you then. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, everyone. You are now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights, life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com. One other experience that you're just going to, I mean, this is just so far off the wall, it's unreal. I wanted to levitate, and this was so important to me. My God, if Thomas Aquinas, 240 pounds, can levitate, surely I can levitate. I mean, it's just, I want to levitate. And I would meditate, and then I would think, well, today I can levitate. And I would walk, get in the tub and think maybe I could walk.